God still says today, let there be light, light that shines in the darkness. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your promises, we thank you for Jesus, and we put our faith in you once again today with hope, with faith, all in light of your glory, in the name of Jesus. I bet it felt like a dream. You wake up, but you don't quite feel awake. Sometimes that happens with grief. It doesn't feel real. But it also happens with joy, especially anticipated joy, finally realized. You wake up and it's real. And you realize it. It's really real. A graduation, a wedding, the birth of a child, a huge raise. Or maybe yesterday, the doctors spoke that beautiful, magical word, remission. Or even better, we can't explain it, but it's no longer there. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, you wake up the next day, and it feels like a dream. So a couple of weeks ago, Cole and I went down to Surfside for a father-son overnight at the beach. He woke up on Monday morning and told me that he had a crazy dream. Our family went with another family to the Texans game on playoff weekend, but it was a baseball game. But they were still in full football gear playing baseball. And when we were watching, we were watching on a hill looking into the stadium, and it was a hill kind of like at Miller Outdoor Theater. Now, let me pause here again and say very carefully, this was a dream that Cole had. I've told stories like this before, and people have come up to me afterwards and say, y'all went to the Texans game and they were playing baseball? This is a dream, okay? So, in Cole's dream, the stadium had no security. And they were playing, instead of with a baseball, they were playing with a crunched up water bottle. The batter hit a home run, it went out of the stadium, but Cole caught the water bottle, then he hopped the fence, ran down onto the field to home plate, and tagged the batter out. As a result, they took all of us, our whole family, down to the referee's room to determine whether the batter was actually out, and they determined that he was. It was then that the game went to halftime, and our family of four, and Austin Norris, and Reese's dog Moby, all went to another secret room on the field. It was, it was a secret room out on the field, and that was it. That was the dream, all just a dream. Hippocrates said something 2,400 years ago. You know, Hippocrates, Hippocratic Oath, all that. Here's what he said. Before you heal someone, 
ask him if he is willing to give up the things that made him sick. So now hear the word of the Lord from John 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat, and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See? You are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. So, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Speaking of miracles, impossibilities, and some would say downright absurdity. A lifelong invalid spent his life watching other people washing themselves in what many believe to be healing waters, whether they were or not, and whatever is going on here. This guy, the pool guy, believes that something is happening. If you have a King James Bible, for example, you have an extended version of this story from some newer and less reliable manuscripts. That's why if you have a Bible that's been published since 1611, this particular verse is not in there. The one about that you, many of you may have even grown up with, where that kind of explains this version of the story. An angel comes and you know, does something to the water, and that's what does it. We actually don't know what this story is about. We don't know what was going on at this pool called Bethesda. 
at the colonnade, we can probably be pretty sure that no one was yelling, first one in wins. But that's sort of the way that the story had come to be understood. And while these older, more reliable manuscripts don't have any details, and even though Jesus heals the man with a simple word on the Sabbath, which evidently he wasn't supposed to do, which still just boggles my mind, the most dreamlike part of this whole story is when Jesus asks the fool guy, Do you want to get well? What kind of question is that? Of course I want to get well. But do you? Do you really? I grew up around a lot of people who used to say, I could stop drinking if I wanted to. Well, then why don't you? If it's killing you. Well, I guess I just don't want to. Hmm. So do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? The text calls him an invalid, which, if you're into words, you put a... Uh, little emphasis on a different syllable, and suddenly you've got the word invalid. We're not talking about chronic illness here. I mean, even though the pool guy is sick, and he's been sick for 38 years, there's something else going on here, and for the life of me, I'm not sure what it is, but there is something else going on in this story. You ever read a story like that and feel that? Like, we're being presented with this story, but there's something else a little bit deeper under this story. There's something else going on in this story. And again, for the life of me, I just can't put a finger on what it is. We could theorize, I guess. I mean, maybe he's come to make a living off of standing by the stoplight, and if Jesus happens to make him whole, well, he's not going to be able to make a living anymore. I don't know. Are those people invalid? Jesus asks the pool guy a question that I think, knowing John, like I know John, we as the listeners to the story are supposed to overhear as our own invitation. You are with John the Baptist in the opening of the Gospel of John when they are baptizing with water. Do you want to be baptized in the water? You are at the wedding with Jesus when he changes the water. Do you want to be changed? You are Nicodemus, in the middle of the night with Jesus, and you receive an offer to be born again. Do you want to be born again? You are the Samaritan woman. And Jesus offers you more than well water. Jesus offers you living water. Do you want to drink something that is going to change your life? 
Jesus, I kind of like my life. I'm kind of comfortable. I like my church. I like my house. I like my family. I kind of like things the way they are, so Jesus, thanks for the offer, but no, I'm going to pass. I, I, I tell you what, Jesus, call me back in 20 years. Then I bet, then I bet I'll take you up. Just not right now. Not right now. Do you want to get well? You are now the pool guy. And as the pool guy fades into the background, and the question is not a story from the past, but now, suddenly, the pool guy is no longer there. Now, sitting there at the edge of the pool is you. Do you want to get well? And again, I don't, I don't know if Jesus was asking him about his 38-year-old illness after all. I, I can't help but think Jesus is asking him more. And I think Jesus is asking us more, even right now, even here, this very morning. Jesus was right there in front of them. And all they had to do was see Jesus, who was right there in front of them, even though what Jesus did in each instance was risky and it was downright dangerous. If there, back up one story, if there were 100 rabbis in the vicinity on the day Jesus met the Samaritan woman, 99% of them would have said, Samaritan woman, get away from me. Samaritan woman, mama, let me be. But not Jesus. This was a revolution. And you know what the revolution was? He talked to her. And you know why Jesus talked to her? Because she was not invalid. And then Jesus meets yet another reject. Not in, out of the way, off the beaten path Galilee. No, no, no. Smack dab in the middle of Jerusalem where everybody was watching him. Everybody had their eyes on him and the pool guy. And you know what they were doing? As they were sitting in a circle around Jesus and pool guy, smack dab in the middle of Jerusalem, they do what people do sometimes. And maybe you've been on the giving side, maybe you've been on the receiving side. And I tell you what, both of them are terrible. What they were doing is they sat in the circle around Jesus and the pool guys that they were judging. They were judging with judgmental judgment. And it was terrible. But Jesus goes up to the guy, and no matter what's going on with all the questions, and do you want to get well, and was he sick on the inside, sick on the outside, sick in his heart, okay. Just like the Samaritan woman, and 
just like Nicodemus, and just like whatever was going on in the beginning, when the Word did, whatever the Word did from the very beginning and all the way up to now, Jesus went up to the pool guy and did, apparently, what no one else was doing. Because, I mean, this is kind of a sad story whenever you read it. Because you, you hear what the pool guy said? I'm sitting here all by myself, and I'm not asking that much. All I'm asking is that whatever happens with the water, somebody throws me in. I'm not asking for much. Yeah, maybe he was like a little guy. I don't take that much. Just a couple of you, just pick me up, throw me in the water. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I only had someone here. And then Jesus comes up to him. And even though he doesn't do what the pool guy is hoping someone is going to do, he gives him more than he bargained for. And the first thing that he does in giving him more than he bargained for is that he talks to him. And you know why he talks to him? And the thing we haven't mentioned yet that makes this story that much more astounding is when it happens. You know when this happened? On the Sabbath day. Jesus heals the man on the Sabbath and outright tells the man to carry his mat with him as he walks away, which he was not supposed to do on the Sabbath. And in so doing, both Jesus and the pool guy break the law. Because the pool guy was not invalid to Jesus. It would have been out of character and ungodly for Jesus to say, sorry, can't heal you today, we're closed, come back tomorrow. And Jesus would not tell you such a thing today either. And you know why? Because you are not invalid in the eyes of Jesus. Healing people and making people whole and loving people and just people, people, being people, people is always going to be more important than dotting every I and crossing every T, which is saying a lot considering that the Bible seems to give some attention to dotting I's and crossing T's. But love wins. And love always comes first. And people who say yes to Jesus are about the business of real healing, and authentic loving, even rejects who live in sadness by the still waters. Who find ourselves being made whole by the Good Shepherd, who restores our valid souls in this new creation, in this world without end.